Hey, welcome to episode 103 of the Collector's Quest podcast. It's Halloween. Uh, kind of. It's October. It's, it's the season. But by law, we are contractually obligated to bring you more horror content. This one is totally not just an excuse to talk about more horror games, good ones, bad ones, how collectible they are, and very skillfully twist a very popular Halloween saying, trick or treat, into the horror game thing we need for this podcast. I'll explain the origins of this on the show itself. In the meantime, don't forget to rate us on iTunes, or if you could rate us on Stitcher, I don't even know where else you can rate us. Apple Podcasts? Should I be saying Apple Podcasts instead of iTunes? Does anyone really go to iTunes to get podcasts? I always go to Apple Podcasts. Anyway, uh, just in case you miss it at the end of the show, all three of us, me, Johnny, and Stefan, we're going to be at the Portland Retro Gaming Expo. That is this weekend, starting on October 19th. And we're not, like, doing anything there. We're just there to hang out and buy games and meet each other, because I've never met Johnny or Stefan. And uh, I've never been to Portland Retro Gaming Expo, so I don't really know what you do there besides buy games. So I guess if anyone wants to hang out, we can hang out. All right, I'm going to go find some music. Let's start the show. back to another episode of collector's quest i'm tyler here with johnny and, and stefan hi this guy keeps coming i don't know he's he's here again it's like a really bad rash <laughs> right yeah so uh stefan reese uh, returning guest you know he's just he's just here uh we keep him on the line uh and that's all he is you guys just put me on hold for like weeks at a time <laughs> yeah he, we've literally put baby in the corner oh yep Sorry. So, guys, I was uh, I was editing the last episode, and we were talking about you were talking about R tens, and the this is rarest. like <laughs> it's like the third or fourth time this guy's come up, and I can't find him because his name is Random Tens. And I went and I watched a few of his videos, and it made me physically ill to watch some of them because they are horrendous. What do you mean? You didn't find the rarest games on any of his videos? Johnny, what do you think the rarest PS2 game is? Just take a shot in the dark. Give me a genre or a region it might have been released in. <laughs> um, <laughs> because it could be any uh, of these things. Um, I'm going to go with America and Survival Horror. All right. So that, that, that good pick. Good pick. All right. So I know there's there's like a dozen Indian exclusive video games, and they're like crazy. There's one like medical and engineering entrance exam, and that's like a PS2 game. That's super rare or something like that. I, I don't I don't know what the rarest PS2 game is. According to him, it's Mushihima-sama on the PS2, which is a cave shooter, which I know because it's the first PS2 game I ever imported. Um, so Did I went you on import he says the, the rarest game ever on your I first shot? I just happened to import the rarest PS2 game, of which you there are 30 it. copies on eBay right now. Wow, Three that... of them are the limited edition that he claims is the true rarest and they sell for about $100 twice a month in America alone, and it's a Japanese game. Oh, well, that sounds very rare, Tyler. What what exception are you taking with this? I'm, I'm confused, because that definitely sounds like the rarest. Tyler, you know why this guy bothers you so much? It's because he's like, if Retro Gem Miner were serious, <laughs> it would be this guy. Uh, the people don't know about Retro Gem Miner. <laughs> but he's mining all them gems. Retro Gem Miner. Re shout out to Retro Gem Miner on YouTube. Super cool YouTuber. Uh, keep it real. Uh, shout out to the Grail Nation out there, too. <laughs> why didn't you call them, like, fellow miners or something? Like, why? It's the Grail Nation, man. Grail Nation? Oh, I get it. Comes it comes from the Sea Nation, like what John Cena's fans are called. Uh, uh, did you just try? I mean, it's cute when you reference wrestling. Everyone loves it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, seriously, let, let's have, I mean, this is kind of off topic for us, but let's talk about John Cena for a second. Why is he rocking dad hair? I, I don't know what he's doing. Right. Was it for a movie or something? I don't know. He looks like, he looks like Mark Wahlberg grew up. <laughs> 
He's got them Nickelodeon monies now, so he's he doesn't really care. I'm yeah. sure he referenced it in a promo or something. I stopped watching. I I don't watch almost any wrestling right now because it's it's horrendous. It's really it's really bad. Don't watch wrestling. Oh, but there was this really good match that I happened to see over the weekend no, there with wasn't. the Undertaker and um, <sighs> Brett the Hitman Hart. The heart, or, no, is he Hitman Heart? No, he was the Heartbreak Kid. No, Shawn Michaels, the Heartbreak Kid. That's okay. who it was. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Who was wrestling back when I watched wrestling as a young child, which yes. is confusing for me. I mean, I also saw The Undertaker's first, like, WWF appearance, again, as a child, not as a teenager. Let me stress to you that I will be 40 tomorrow when this podcast comes out. I will already be 40. So for me to watch two wrestlers that I watched as a child come out and wrestle slowly and poorly, it it <laughs> was very, it was a weird match. Johnny, do you see what the problem is when the main eventers are in their 50s and no one else is as important as they will ever be because they're still there? That's, that's well, a problem. And, and uh, oh, who was the other person like? Triple H. Kane is still there. Yeah, Triple uh, H and Kane were there. Triple H is still there. What, yeah. But the, like to me, those were like, oh, that's that newfangled wrestling. But now people are like, oh, those are old wrestlers. <laughs> so yeah. I want you to know those were the newfangled guys. Now the old guys. And so I was like, what is going on? It was, I mean, there was entertaining moments. But um, yeah, they were, everyone was real old. I'm like, hey, I don't watch wrestling, and I haven't in over two decades, and I know these guys. Oh, wait, I'm sorry, three decades. Are they just not getting, like, new audience? Is it like... No, I, I had someone explain it to me, that there there's, like, these weird different levels of wrestling now, so if you want to see the young and up-and-comers, they're, like, in a different place. You watch different, like, NXT, you watch them. Yeah, but then they cut, they get... They come up to the main roster. Half their name gets chopped off because you can't have a last name on the main roster. And then they don't, their wrestling isn't allowed to be as cool as it was in NXT. Because they got to wrestle old men. Yeah. And now they have to wrestle like four days a week and their bodies are getting destroyed. Whereas in NXT, they're wrestling like once a month on like a big show. So speaking of the big show, that guy's still wrestling too. (laughs) The big show. I don't think the big show is still wrestling. He retired, right? I don't know. I'm just, I mean, who knows? Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. What, uh, when is Hulkamania coming back? Hulkamania never stopped, man. So. Yeah. Well, it stopped there when we had that N-word tape, but we're not going <laughs> to talk went- about Hulk Hogan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, Hulk it's Hogan. The, uh, the he got a three-year board. suspension. We'll, now Hulkamania's back. Let's just say <laughs> that Hulk Hogan was not a fan of the Junkyard Dog. <laughs> Sorry, Junkyard Dog. So- <sighs> kind of stopped when he did that dude's wife, too. That was a thing. Oh, well, it was weird that his wife looked more like Hulk Hogan than Hulk Hogan did. That was weird. <laughs> that was weird for me. Anyways, we are so far off topic. We're seven minutes or so in, and we are nowhere close to the topic. Tyler. We need to bring it back to the rarest. Yeah. The rarest thing we do is get on topic. So, But let's try it. It'll be excellent. What are we talking about this week? We Our topic is tricks and treats. Trick or treat tricks and treats so i had brought up this topic and i was thinking because i am always thinking we have to give gunstar heroes its day it comes with a freaking fruit roll-up and there has to be some category it can fit into where we give it its props it's never gonna happen there aren't enough games that come with candy that we can we can make an episode on candy i don't think there are give it we might time. be able to find like another m&m game give it time so i, I wanted to do candy and games that dress up in costumes because they come with like something like a little thing around them but we just totally threw that out the window we did tricks and treats the trick is a game that you think will be good but turns out bad or it might just be a bad game and a treat is a good game or maybe a game that you think is bad but turned out good yeah i can't really tell what the actual topic was but it's one of those two it's it's all of those things, right? So it's a it's a good game and a bad game. It's going to be a quick episode. We're just going to run through this kind of lightning round. We'll tell you a little bit about some games, Halloween themed, obviously, at, at least ancillary, ancillarily related, and um, what we enjoyed about them, or what we did not enjoy if they were a trick. Uh, 
ideally, it would be a game that surprised you because it was good, but it doesn't have to be. It can just be like a, a strong recommendation. This has nothing to do with the collectability of the game, though we will give you some basic stats on the game, how much it is, if it's on a couple of different consoles, if it's part of a series, things like that. So you'll get your collector's info in there as well. Everyone good with Johnny, that? Johnny, you, know uh, you know it's a pretty good kind of Halloween-y game? What's that? Uh, on the NES, uh, Devil World. Oh, yeah? Which, uh, yeah, according to Random Tens, next to Stadium Events is the second rarest game that got a retail release on the NES. Oh. Oh. Huh. huh. Cool. You know, I want you to know, the best part, if you watch this Super Nintendo video, is if there was one game that you could preach to an audience of people who are collectors of games <laughs> that is not rare and on the Super Nintendo, but people often make the mistake... What game would you say that is? Go ahead, take Campus a guess. Campus Challenge. I'm I'm not going to answer this because I know the answer. Y- yeah. Tower, did you I watch Stephen it? I think has a tattoo of it. He does have a tattoo of it. And what would that yeah. game be? It would be Earthbound. <laughs> it would be Earthbound. Number one on the list, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> he, I don't remember what order it was in, but Earthbound definitely fell out of his mouth. And much, much to my anger... And then Stefan was in the car driving when we heard this, and uh, much yelling ensued afterwards. Also, in one of these videos, he specifically said, "I didn't think he would say this. I thought he would say like this is based on price and how hard and like how hard they are to get or something like that." But he said, "This list is based on the true rarity of the game, not just the most expensive games." Oh yeah, he anyway, tries to make of the harping on this clickbait guy. Yeah. Don't but, visit him. But he does also suddenly in episodes go, "This might not be the rarest," and you're like, "Well." What the fuck are we doing here, guy? Anyways. <laughs> oh, the comments are just the worst. They're like, oh, I saw a guy on Pawn Stars. He sold that gold Zelda for $20,000. I'm like, gold Zelda? You're not even looking at the cartridges, and that guy didn't sell it. And oh. And it was getting me worked country. up about <laughs> this community of hundreds of thousands of people watching these videos. The only thing worse than his videos are the people in the comment section below, as is typical with YouTube. Ugh. <sighs> Anyways, got good commenters in the retro gem miner, though. You three guys, I don't know, they seem like pretty cool people. I think so. If you haven't found the retro (laughs) gem miner, make sure you do. Okay, so um, who wants to start us off? Stefan, you haven't talked enough. And if you're going to lurk, you might as well speak. Okay, I don't lurk. I try, and then I just get trampled. That's how that works. That's not me. (laughs) Every time I'm editing, I find a place where I've cut you off, and I'm like, I totally didn't hear him there. I don't know what happened. You need to yell at us. It's because I just need it, to like stop. I, I can't stop talking. I just need to continue to just, and then one of us has to give up. It's just like a, a verbal chicken. That's what I, I learned to do that with Johnny. I just have to barrel through sometimes. That's exactly <laughs> correct. Uh, yeah, I'll start off. I'll give my trick. So my trick is Nosferatu for the Super Nintendo. There's no real reason why this game should be bad, but it is. Okay, so it's essentially a vampire-themed Prince of Persia clone. It uh, is beautiful. The game is absolutely gorgeous, and it sounds great. It's got a sweet box. It should, yeah, it's got sweet art, and but it controls so poorly. Like You feel like you are playing on an emulator on a modern television and like suffering from severe input lag but that but it's not true it's just that's the game the game is just that far behind you when you're trying to control this thing so it renders this beautiful wonderful you know, beautifully scored gorgeous game completely unplayable and and it it makes me so mad because i want it to be good i want someone you know what, you ROM hackers out there, I really want someone to fix this game. It can't be that hard to just make the controls respond three or four frames faster. Uh, so do that, and then and then I can play your game. Maybe you're playing a PAL copy. I don't think. No, no. I'm just so you're basically that. saying it's Prince of Persia, because that's exactly how Prince of Persia feels to me. Yeah, I, games like Out of This World, Prince of Persia, they all kind of feel like that. You definitely have to... Uh, though I like those games, you have to suffer through and learn to get the timing right. Yeah, I don't get it. And when you uh, were I think a kid, Dragon's Lair and NES is another great example yeah. of a game where the controls do not match what's happening on screen. But when you were a kid, you didn't know that you're just like whatever. All the reviews were like that too, where they're just like, "Oh, too bad this game is really completely unplayable because it's 
pretty and it sounds great. And so it's not just it's not just me looking back through the sands of time. It really it was terrible then too. The sands of time. Whoa. Uh, the sands of time. Yeah. See see what I did there? Yeah, oh, nice. Persia reference. Uh, yeah. Anyways, I'm gonna ignore it and, and pretend like it, it wasn't good. To make it that much more frustrating, it's also incredibly expensive. Not like crazy expensive, but it's like it's crazy expensive eight. for a complete yeah, copy. Like, yeah, it's it's seventy dollars loose and uh, like two thirty five CIB, which is it's expensive for a game that is almost unplayable. Well, hey, tack fifty dollars on if it was any good. So yeah, it's good for people who just want to put it on a shelf, like me. Yeah, my biggest problem is. Is the uh, the box art looks like Dracula and not Nosferatu? Mm-hmm. It's got great box art, but I'm like, it's not you guys. Come on, vampire lore nerds, rise up with me and and let's let's address why Nosferatu shouldn't look like Dracula. I'm not a super expert on SNES box art, but were we still in the era where things happened where like Mega Man had a gun? Because seems like a lot of people didn't really care too much about the subject matter on retro game box art. No, no, I mean the the art is is nice. I mean, it looks like a D and D cover for a Ravenloft book. You yeah, know, like it's 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 a beautifully painted cover of Dracula. Yeah, SNES covers were more. They like went away from like the weird pixely art and stuff that you got. It was more about like painted art, so you got like cool pictures, and they were usually pretty nicely done or like photorealism and stuff. Not all of them, obviously, but. You know. I just usually remember I like the Super Famicom boxes more. And in this case, the Super Famicom gets like the full picture and we get a tiny little crop at the top of the picture. Great. Yeah, I hate that. I that's the like one Dracula's problem with on Super fire Nintendo. at the bottom of the Super Famicom box art because you hold it up lengthwise and you get his full portrait and like his bottom's all lava y and you just see none of that on the SNES one. Yep, that's the problem with Super Nintendo box art because they their format is so rigid, right? They have all this stuff they're trying to fit in, and they're like, just make the art tiny. And you're like, gee, thanks. Whatever. It's like a Twitch streamer. He's got to get in all his like little things, his little his link to his Instagram, and there's too much stuff going on in SNES boxes. Yep. This is a total segue, but I also feel that same way about Switch boxes right now with those stupid like internet or whatever, the that internet bar, connectivity that, header or whatever. Oh my God. That white it bar made, is like, so terrible. Why? LA Noir. Is oh. a beautiful, beautiful cover. That is a, it's a gorgeous cover. And on Ruined. the Switch, it's got this Whoa, terrible bar hell? across the top. I've never that's seen just, this. What oh, the they're just all, it's like on Resident <laughs> Evil. It's yeah, terrible. They're awful. Terrible. They're so bad. This is like greatest hits. Yeah, it's it's worse. It's, worse. it's so thick <laughs> because the Switch cases are so not wide. So when you get this band that maybe is not even actually that wide, but relative to the box width, you're just like, whoa. It's very off-putting. Like, Ugh. they should put that at the bottom or at the top, and then then bring the art in, but don't, like, just the overlay. Ugh. I don't know I don't who's bad know. idea with this. The text idea. is so tiny inside of it, too. It's like, it's not even jumping out at you what it is. Oh, I don't even want to finish this podcast now. I'm too upset about Switch boxes. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, thanks for bumming us out. I know, I'm sorry. All right, well, let's move on. You've said your trick. Tyler, tell us a trick or a treat that you have. All right, I'm going to start with my trick, which is both a bad game and a game that you would think is going to be good, but is actually bad, unless you're one of these people who has low standards. And Johnny, I'm going to get into it, because my game is House of the Dead on the Sega Saturn. Oh, shit, you did it. Why? (laughs) Why? People love so. House of the Dead, it's it's fine. What what is your problem with that? House of the Dead's a good game. Everyone knows what House of the Dead is, but sometimes I don't explain games like Chiller, and then Stefan's like, oh, I didn't even know Chiller was a light gun game. So just to be sure, it's a Sega light gun game. I think it has a whopping three levels, and it's just flashy, gory, shooting zombies, you get a boss at the end of each level. It's over in like maybe 15 minutes. Super short. But the short. cover is awesome. The cover is awesome. The game is awesome. I play it with Ada at the arcade all the time. One of my favorite games. Yeah, you can buy a Japanese copy with a gun. You can buy a Japanese copy with a gun. Yeah. It's like around the $200 mark because it came out super at the end of Saturn's life, 1998. I think it was one of the last five games released on the Sega Saturn. But it was basically in that era of like Panzer Dragoon Saga, Shining Force 3, Burning Rangers, all that super rare stuff. That's because no one was buying Saturn games. So it was made by, by Sega AM1. 
which is one of the many Sega developers who had their games completely screwed up on the Sega Saturn. Um, they're the people who made Skies of Arcadia, Sega GT, and Sega Bass Fishing. Bass Fishing? Bass, bass Fishing. Wow, Bass Gotta Fishing? that out. Jesus. Wow. Mega Man and Bass. Often, Mega Man and Bass. It's the instruments fish the fish. for a uh, bass? Oh, man. That's real nice. So all these all these freaking Saturn arcade games got screwed up. People talk about the Saturn arcade ports as if the Saturn is a great system for arcade ports, and I don't understand it. People they always bring up Street Fighter Alpha Three for some reason. They bring up like the Capcom fighting games, and they say like those are nearly arcade perfect. And then we have all of the Sega games. Sega made the Sega Saturn, and all their games are fucked up. So to go back to House of the Dead, House of the Dead. It runs at like 20 frames a second, which is a third of what the arcade runs at. The textures are super low res, and the game wasn't finished, so a lot of the textures are placeholder textures that are either low res or they're missing features. Like, there'll be a wall that's supposed to have windows on it, but the windows won't be there because the game just wasn't finished. And those aren't things that you're going to notice side by side, but I'm going to say the frame rate and the general shitty look of the game are something you're going to notice when you're playing it, even if you're not compla- comparing it right next to the arcade game. Wow, you you just went for it. I'm I'm still... We're going to talk about people who think the Sega Saturn is good for arcade ports, Johnny. Isn't it? It's the best. It's the worst. It's... There's like... There's this range of mediocre ports. So you've got like... Your Virtua Fighter 2, not as good as the arcade. Runs at 60 FPS, it's fine. You got Virtual Cop, that's fine. Whatever. Area 51, the game sucks. It runs a little cropped window. You can play it. But then all of the Sega games, they released Daytona USA three times. Every single Daytona USA port is freaking awful. You could play it on the Dreamcast. Still not a great game. 60 frames a second. Sega Rally Championship. Freaking awful. No view distance runs at 20 frames a second. You go to the Dreamcast. Ver- that Dreamcast version is a little weird. You have to enter a code to unlock 60 frames a second on Sega Rally Championship 2. Came out 60 frames a second in Japan. They locked it behind a code in America. I don't know what's going on there. I need to go. Keep going. Manx TT Superbike. Totally destroyed on the Sega Saturn. Runs at 20 frames a second. View distance problems. Virtual on. 30 frames a second on the Saturn. Looks a lot worse than the arcade. 60 on the Sega Dreamcast. What you're going to find is that all of these games I'm talking about have much better versions on the Sega Dreamcast. And if I'm talking up the Sega Dreamcast, a console which I have zero interest in ever playing... There's something wrong with the Sega Saturn. And that is all of the Sega arcade games got completely screwed on it. And weren't those arcade boards, or maybe this is just something that happened with the, with the Dreamcast, but weren't the, the Saturn games, the arcade versions, weren't those just Saturns strapped to a board? Like, was it the same way? Because I know, like, the, the Naomi, the arcade system was essentially a Dreamcast strapped to a board. So was it this, like, I don't understand how they fucked that up if it was the same hardware. So there's the Sega games come from two main families. There's a Sega Model 2 games, which are a lot of the ones that I was just talking about. And then there's the uh, the STV games, which are like uh, Radiant Silver Gun and Decathlete. And a lot of those, those are like a lot of the OK ones are the, the Sega STV ones. It's the Sega Model 2 ones where they're not really ports, they're conversions. And those they're the ones that got a lot, a lot screwed. Because I know all the Dreamcast stuff, that's like really, really perfect, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's anything super perfect on the Saturn, except for like maybe some of those Capcom games. I don't know a lot about fighting games, so I, it, it, someone's gonna come at me with like a list of like thirty Japanese games that are arcade Whoa. perfect, and they're gonna be like, "All these games are arcade perfect." Like I don't know, I don't know fighting games. I'm sorry. I know that the people in the shoot 'em up community, they're like these hardcore people, are like, "You can't play any of those console games. They're all freaking destroyed." And I'm playing them like, oh, "Battle Garega looks just as good as this. As this looks in Mame looks kind of the same to me." But maybe that's how people feel about things like House of the Dead. 20 FPS, they're just not phased by it. They're like, yeah, it's pretty much House of the Dead. It plays like it. I can't do that. I'm I'm a huge frame rate whore, and I, I, I'm, I've been going on. House of the Dead, it kills me. I feel like the real trick here, Johnny, was that Tyler used this as an entry point to rant on Sega for like a half an hour. You know, on the Saturn, on a console <laughs> I love compared to the Dreamcast, which I hate, and it, I needed to... I needed to talk about these arcade ports. He needed to get that off his chest. And if you can't rant on this podcast, where the hell can you rant, Stefan? That's what I was saying earlier today. Our best content is when we talk about things we hate. Yep. And the tragedy is, I think this is the only home version of House of the Dead. It was on PC, too, but it was the same port. 
is it in any of those compilations? I think this is the only one we got. So basically, we don't have a home version of House of the Dead. It's like Daytona 2. Sega, why don't we have a home version of Daytona USA 2? Oh, man. Hey, can I talk about something I hate real quick? <laughs> yes, do, do you mind? Thinking of, uh, this is not video game related. I'm just going off into my own zone here. And this is something I encountered last night. So last night I worked till like 2.30 in the morning because I had to. So I took a little break at about like 11 o'clock. I'm like, I need to decompress for like 30 minutes. Went down, hung out with the dogs, and I just put on a, sh- a show. The show is Dead Like Me. If you guys don't know this show, it's a, it's a really interesting show. I like it a lot. It's not horror, but it's about Grim Reapers and stuff. Brian Fuller did it. If you know Hannibal, uh, Star Trek, he, he he did this. And it's a show I like very much. I I like it a lot. I watched it when it came out on Showtime originally. So anyways, I was like, man, I haven't seen this show in a while. I'm just going to put on the first episode for a little bit and uh, watch that. Just 30 minutes, and then I'll go back upstairs and start working. And I was watching it on Hulu because all of my DVDs got put away. And I don't own it on iTunes yet. So I was like, yeah, whatever. It's on Hulu. Should be fine. Do you know which version they used of Dead Like Me? If you know anything about transfers, you could use several different transfers. Hopefully you used like a DVD transfer. Because why the hell wouldn't you? They used Blu-ray transfer. They, well, Blu-ray. But this is a show that it didn't come out on Blu-ray. So what they used was the television transfer. So when it aired on television... They used... Oh, got cropped a 4x3. Well, it, it's not even that. It's it the only- breaks. It had the commercial break points in it. So the screen would just go dark in the middle. Like, like Oh, so it wasn't filmed for TV. They, <laughs> they it, it, used the cut for TV version of it? Yes, that's what I'm saying. Oh, my God. I was like... They do a lot of that, oh. they do a lot of that with older animation, too. Like, but I was watching Transformers is, on This TV. is not older. This is 2003. We... It was on show. Oh my god! It's there's a DVD copy of it. Like just they probably did that so it would be an easy point to put in their Hulu commercials. They'll be like, oh, on the on the lower tier versions of Hulu, we'll just throw our commercials in those spots. Man, it was so bad. I immediately shut it out. I got to the first one. I was like, what was that? And then when I got to the next one, I'm like, I can't do this. And I just went back upstairs and started working. Anyways, that's the thing. I, I really hated. It made me super sad. And uh, made me cry a little bit. Made me go back upstairs and work. That's how bad it was. Anyways, since we're talking about things we hate, I hated that a lot. Johnny, I've got one more anecdote about House of the Dead, so I don't have to say it at the end of this whole segment. Okay, I was trying to... Uh, this is something on. I learned... I've never heard this, but Indianapolis... Uh, I guess the, the city of Indianapolis tried to ban the arcade game House of the Dead in a court case... And was they Joe lost. Lieberman behind it? It wasn't Joe Lieberman, or I would have heard about it. What about Jack Thompson? Uh, they said it was too uh, violently and sexually obscene. And for anyone who knows House of the Dead, it's a bunch of zombies and scientists getting murdered. I don't know where they got the sexual obscenity from. Uh, and the judge called it the most violent game on record, but it was ultimately deemed not obscene. I just think that is funny. And what It came out like 1996 or 98. Yeah. It's the most violent game on record. Oh, man. Johnny, earlier today, I was trying to remember Jack Thompson's name, and then you said it, and now I feel better. Thank uh, you. You're welcome. I'm here that for you. That guy was a dick. I really hate that guy. Yep. Who has a signed book by him? Is it you, Tyler? I don't have a signed book. I bought his book at Goodwill. You, now you have, I want one. You have a signed copy of his book, and you're his biggest fan, right? A signed copy. I wrote him a fan letter. He signed your body, and you had a Didn't you over. once have sex with Jack Thompson? Anyway, Johnny, speaking of Jack Thompson, trying to trick us into thinking he's a human... Have you said your trick yet? I have not, and I've been waiting to say my trick. My real trick, I've thrown out some some uh, softballs, but my real trick is Silent Hill for the PlayStation 1. And I know there's a lot of people like, <laughs> holy shit, like what? And I, it's not that the game is bad, uh, exactly, but it is a trick, okay? If you didn't play it of the era of PS1, the game is now a trap, so... It's got weird tank controls, the atmosphere... Like, one, PS1 games don't translate that well if you're playing them now. I like some of the remakes of Silent Hill. I like all the concepts. I think it's a really interesting game, like uh, horror elements. But I thought I went through and I actually played Silent Hill 1, the PlayStation 1 version, and I immediately wanted to stop. And I forced myself to go through it, 
and just basically I hate fucked my way through that game. I think you should probably cut that. But yeah, that's basically how I got through this game. Just like clenching and being angry the whole time. I'm like, I will beat this game, even though I hate everything about these controls. The original Resident Evil kind of suffers the same thing, though I'm not going to throw Resident Evil all the way under the bus, because if I want to play it, there's so many remakes of it now, and the DS one was really good. So, uh, But the Silent Hill one, there's not a lot of good ways. Like, if you go and play it, it's it's rough. It's rough, guys. And I like, I like Silent Hill. I like Silent Hill 2. I got into the series last year. I didn't like the movies very much, but what are you going to do? So Silent Hill is my favorite survival horror game, Johnny. I know. I I also played it as a kid, and there's no way I can separate my opinion from that. I know I will fight you on things like Super Mario 64, people who say that didn't age well. I know Silent Hill is, it's a travesty in terms of control, and half the gameplay is walking up to every single door, and like 90% of them are just locked. Yep. <laughs> it's the it's the golden eye of survival horror. Oh, don't even oh man. <laughs> Anyways, let me tell you a little bit about Silent Hill. It's a very it's a long running series. You can play lots of good games in the series. Silent Hill 2, the remake I enjoyed very much. Even you can that one actually lets you toggle between control types, which I found out I was like, oh man, thank you for freeing me what? from this experience. Um and uh you can find this for like fifty bucks complete there's also a greatest hits version on the playstation one so there you go don't buy the greatest hits version oh please don't clashes with that black and white box yeah like you've got this nice red like white lettering and then all of a sudden it's like greatest hits up in green and white you're like christmas silent hill what happened here anyways that's why i didn't say the trick uh because i knew you might be personally hurt by it tyler no, I understand it. I mean, like, if if you're going to tell me any game didn't age well, it's anything on the PlayStation or N64, so... It, it I didn't. Mean, I, but, I can't really fight it too much. But, uh, you know, and we should say, uh, games are more than graphics, games are more than controls. The, the artistry and the art and the ideas behind it are sometimes enough to carry things, but it, it was really a battle. It was a battle to get through that game. <laughs> How recently did you play it? I'm, I've played through Silent Hill, like, legitimately five or six times. Two years ago. Okay. How about that cat that, that or the, there was like a cat and then the body burst out of the locker. Man, that part, that always gets me. It doesn't always get me because I guess I've seen it so many times, but the first time I almost died. Yeah, th- I mean, there's some good points. That was reminiscent for me of like Resident Evil when the dog jumps through the window uh, when yeah. you're going through. Uh, I almost died there too. Yeah, I, I was playing that on an actual dark and stormy night and I dropped the controller. I was like, holy shit, what just <laughs> happened? Yeah, it was... Uh, <laughs> It was interesting. So, Silent Hill is uh, is my trick. Sorry, Silent Hill fans. I hope I've I hope I smoothed it enough and explained myself well enough to not get the hate mail. I feel like all the Silent Hill people. There's Silent Hill Two people though. They're like, oh, Silent Hill Two is the best game ever made. There's a lot less of us Silent Hill One people. I did like Silent Hill Two better. They're probably mostly siding with you enough. You know, be like, yeah, okay, fine, sure. I mean, I, I you know. W- opinions are one thing as long as you can back them up a little bit so just let's all take a a deep breath and not shoot me but uh let's move on let's move on to treats guys what are some treats what are some games that you either didn't expect to be good and were or was just like a good halloween game i would love to go first again okay Uh, so my treat is legacy of kane soul reaver for the playstation one so I think similar to Silent Hill, it may not have aged as well, but I'm putting it in my treat category anyway, just because I love the game so much. Uh, it is part of a series called Legacy of Kane and or Blood Omen. We're not really sure. There's Blood Omen games and there's Legacy of Kane games. They're definitely about the same characters. I'm not sure whether or not we're considering them one series or not, but that really doesn't matter. So PlayStation 1, Legacy of Kane, Soul Reaver, it's... Made by Idos and Crystal Dynamics, so the chances of it being—I'm—I'm I'm fairly certain it's the uh, Tomb Raider engine. So, and it plays very much like that, and it has all the the trappings that that the the early Tomb Raiders had as well. Poor camera control, maybe not the most fluid of controls, but the story is really, really, really engaging. 
Uh, the atmosphere is is awesome. I, I just love the, the game a lot. I think looking back, if I were going to recommend one to play first, there's a, I believe, PlayStation 2 and Xbox called Legacy of Kane Defiance. It's a much more refined version of, of basically the same game. But uh, the other nice thing about this game is it's super, super cheap. Complete, it's like $20 or less. So... Yeah, you should go play it. You don't buy. There's. You don't need to say complete when we talk about PlayStation games. There's no other way. Who buys disc only? You, you monsters. I said that exact thing to you once, and you were like, "Well, we got to say it because some people buy buy the disc and they print out the case." And I'm like, "No, they're monsters." Congrats, you changed my mind. Proof that it that it happens. You're an influencer, (laughs) Tyler. I swear there was an exclusive Legacy of Kane game on Xbox, and I'm not seeing it on the list of Xbox exclusives. And Well, is that because Stephen, it was also on to... the PC? I honestly can't remember off the top of my head if Defiance was for 360 or original Xbox. But... Oh, man, if only you guys had computers before you got here, or we're sitting I'm in front of one right trying, now. I'm trying not to make keyboard clicky noises because you guys <laughs> yell at me. Why do you uh, think... so, no, so Defiance was for Xbox and PlayStation 2. Maybe it started out as an exclusive. Try no. Blood Omen. Just kidding. Don't try Blood oh, Omen. Damn, Tyler, tell me tell me what your treat is, please. I want to know what Halloween games tickle your fancy. Well, Johnny, I am not as passionate about good games as I am about frame rates and Sega arcade games, which are like two of my favorite things in the world. But you got pretty passionate about Silent Hill. I mean, I was I, I backed off because there's no way I can defend the school level of Silent Hill where you literally just go around and and try to open a bunch of identical doors and then half of them are empty rooms. I can't I, de- I can't defend that. Okay. Siren Blood Curse what, uh, on what the is PlayStation that? Three. First of all, have either of you ever heard of Siren Blood Curse or even uh, the Siren series at all? Yes, I oh, have I Siren. I have the Siren. I have Siren for PS2. Okay. And it's on my to playlist. I don't know anyone who has ever played Siren Blood Curse. Uh, I got it on. I heard about it was earlier when you were telling me about it. Yeah, I've never heard of this game. It's an episodic stealth survival horror game, and I think the only reason it's episodic is because like episodic was they thought that was the future games. They're like, yeah, we're gonna make games episodic now. People are gonna love this. Basically, it's you know, you're like on a zombie island or something, and you get the point of view of all these different characters that are in some insane Japanese story. But basically, you get plopped onto a map. You have some objective like. You know, go find the doodad, put it in the doodad to turn on the doodad. And all these zombies are running around the map, and they all have, like, these little stealth paths. Like, imagine Metal Gear Solid, but with zombies. And unlike any of the other games, basically one zombie versus you is a dead even match. And two zombies versus you, you're probably going to lose. And there's basically no weapons. So it's a good horror game in that if a zombie sees you, you are totally fucked. Um, Which I love. That makes games really scary. And the gimmick of Siren Blood Curse is that you can sight jack the zombies. So uh, you can like hide in a cupboard or something. And then as one is walking by, you can sight jack it. And then the game goes into a split screen where half of it is you and half of it you see what the zombie is seeing. And that's useful because you can scout out their paths. You can see what the other zombies are doing in their paths. Or you can lock into one and then start creeping around him. And you'll see when he's like moving his head so you can stay out of his vision. It's it's super cool game. I think... Uh, no one's really heard of it, but it's a really good survival horror game, so more people should probably go play it. Has no one heard of it because it was not a physical game in America, or was it? It was not a physical game in America, and that is why I would say it's collectible, because it is a PS3 exclusive in a cool genre. It's a good game, and it only came out in Japan and Europe. Um, so you can get a European copy, right? Because they play on the PS3. Yes, so you can get a European copy, I was going to say, for only 30 bucks, but thinking about it, like a PS3 game that still costs 30 bucks, that's like something, yeah, right? So, yeah. Yeah, it's only you, 30 bucks, though. You want to know the worst part about this game, from what I'm seeing? Is the cover is terrible. Uh, I will tell you, the worst part is the frame rate, because when you sight jack and it goes split screen, it's like 10 frames a second. It shows the yeah. power of the PS3. So, here's maybe something you didn't know. Did you know that it's a reimagining of the first Siren game? I did know that. I okay. neglected to mention it. Because well, I, I hate I hate everything that does that. It's good because I never played the first game, so I don't care. But like when they just... I'm sure one of the games that's just named Tomb Raider, is that a reimagining of the first Tomb Raider? No, it is not. Oh, it's, all right, well, before the, it's before the Tomb Raider games. 
I hate when they reuse names and I hate when they remake a game, but they remake it different. So it's like, well, which one counts now? And oh, just don't do that. Just make a different game. Make it a prequel. Make it an alternate universe. That's what the Star Trek, the new Star Trek movies are like. Hey, guys, Red Matter, I don't know, alternate JJ universe. Don't worry about it. Stop being nerds. Why can't they just do that for everything? I was trying to think of an example for your problem and Twin Snakes for uh, GameCube. That was that was one of those. <laughs> so again, I, I, that didn't bother me because I never played Metal Gear Solid. I only played Twin Snakes. Is it that different? I thought they just added like some Matrix crap to it. Yeah, I mean they they redid all the cutscenes, put it in new engine, you know. But it's but it's definitely different. Okay. Yeah, I I read the Wikipedia article and it sounded like this reimagining was significantly different in content and just about everything. So I don't really know what's reimagined about it because. I, nor has anyone else, played the first Siren game. And if you write to me and tell me you have, you are a liar. I, I think you're going to get some people uh, <laughs> on here who, who maybe have done that. You I mean, weren't, weren't going to get hate mail, but you definitely will now. Yeah, it's a game that warranted, uh, you know, getting a couple of sequels. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say people have played it. Oh, you know what? The, the first game came out in America. So you're right. I probably can't say that. Yeah. And when this I told out, you I have one for the PS2, and it's an American game. So I I don't remember exactly what was going on, but I think I I want to say this probably holds up really well. But I also remember that this game came out right in the midst of like Dead. It's 2008, so that's like right around Dead Space and Resident Evil Five, uh, and even Metal Gear Solid Four. So survival horror games were getting super actiony like they were there was no more survival horror anymore and then even stealth games like metal gear solid they were getting pretty actiony too although i could argue metal gear solid's always been a pretty actiony game and then this came along and it's super scary and it's super stealthy because you're you just can't do anything so that's why i think i liked it so much just kind of time and the place of when it came out all right you don't need to justify it you like it that's cool i'll probably import it and see if i like it cool I think I can get it on the PSN, but ew. Ew, digital games. Yeah. Who would ever use those? Ew. It's oh my gosh, no thank you. It's probably like in the bargain bin on sale, like nine ninety nine. but no, can spend $30 on that import copy. That's right, because that's how we do things. Because uh, like that and Gone Home, did you get your $45 copy of Gone Home yet? Nope, I did not. No. It, it might um, be a good purchase if PS3 ever becomes collectible. I mean, it is an exclusive and it is regional exclusive, so who knows? All right, uh, I'm gonna take over here and I'm gonna go with my my treat. And if you know me, this isn't really a surprise, but it's Buffy the Vampire Slayer for the Xbox. What? Okay, I more so, Buffy yeah, games. I, I keep talking about like shows that happened around 2000, you know, because that's of my era. But this Buffy game, I definitely just bought it because I liked Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That's the only reason I bought this game. Oh. This wasn't like, I think this game is going to be awesome. This was like 2002. I bought it because it was a Buffy the Vampire Slayer game. And I was like, well, you know what? I've invested this much in this series. I'm going all the way. And I was, I was so surprised when the game was actually really good. I was like, wow, this game is actually pretty decent. And if you look at reviews, that's what they'll tell you. It's a pretty decent kind of beat-em-up, like, survival game. Uh, survival is pretty loose, but yeah. It's got vampires in it, and Buffy, and it's a beat-em-up on the Xbox, and it's the only system you can really play that game on, so that makes it a little bit collectible. But it's also dirt cheap. It's $10. Like, you can get, like, between 10 and $15, you can go get one on eBay right now, so... No, no big deal. NBD, as the kids say. So, Johnny, I played and I played and loved this game too. How does it stack? How does uh, Chaos Bleeds, the second one, how does that stack up? That one I didn't play, and I'm assuming you probably have played it. Uh, yeah, that one's like worse, but it's still pretty good. Like, but then again, I'm biased on that one because I that that one I think I like because it's because I like Buffy. Yeah, Buffy actually has some interesting collectibles, and I I've. I think I don't know if I talked about them on the podcast or just on my Instagram feed, but I can give you a, a whole rundown of I could give you a Buffy retrospective if you wanted. You know, the only reason I'm happy that all these stupid Buffy games are coming up in episodes like this is that hopefully it means we'll never have to do a Buffy episode. Ho what do you mean? Hopefully, Tyler? hopefully it means we'll never have to do a Buffy episode. What, hold on. What do you mean? Hopefully uh, you should be coming next week be, right after PRGE guys. We're going to be doing the Buffy episode. 
I, I mean, you guys, I, here's where I need feedback from the audience. You guys, please write to me and to Tyler, and I'll, I'll put this on my Instagram, uh, ask a question thing. Do you guys want a Buffy retrospective? Do you want to know some insight into the Buffy games, if they're collectible? How many games are in the series? If there was any European exclusives that never made it here, that's a spoiler, there is. Do you guys want to know this stuff? If so, let us know, and maybe we'll make that happen and make Tyler have to talk about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, I'll be doing a lot of talking. You will be. I'm going to make you. I'm going to twist your arm. Did you mention that this is one of the very, very few Xbox exclusives? I did say it was an Xbox exclusive. That's a, It's like you I said, say that, like, I can't even process it because there's no such thing as an Xbox exclusive. And you wouldn't think that it would be Buffy, of all things. You would, you would think that a property like that, especially that later got you know, cross-platform treatment would have leaked out somewhere to another console, but no. And it was like an I mean, EA game, too? That's what, so weird. What, what you will find is that there is a game called Buffy the Vampire Slayer for the Game Boy Color, which is not this game. There's nothing to do with this game. This is technically the second game in the series, while the Game Boy Color version is the first game in the series, and they're all kind of, I don't... They're, I mean, it's tied together because it's Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but it's not like... Here's a direct sequel. Oh, that is weird, because Chaos Bleeds, which, again, I mentioned a minute ago, is the second game, and it it was cross-platform, so that's Which I just said. Yeah, yeah, I just said that. Good. So, cool. Anyways, that's... Uh, man, this episode is horrible. I'm sorry. Sorry for everyone listening. Just kidding. You, you guys are fine. You expected this. You know we're not better than this. <laughs> What's... Let's go on to uh, the second half of the episode, unless Tyler has some more griping he would like to do. Tyler, do you have a point you want to make before we move on? I probably could think of one, but I'm, I'm just going to let it smoothly flow with this seamless transition, Johnny. Seamless. Uh, anyways, guys, those are our tricks and treats. Real quick for you, just some recommendations if you want to be looking for something to play. A little less on the collectability side this time and more on the fun we also play game side all right now to do that second half part i tried to what choose collectible buying? games johnny i tried to keep I, with the spirit of this show we oh my god it's See, still real you, to me johnny it's still real to all of us tyler what happened to that i'm just gonna let it go in smooth transition yeah let's keep going all right Carry cool on. so the no, second half of the show what are we buying and what are we playing tyler since you can't keep your mouth shut, you might as well open it again for this part. Uh, well, eBay Bucks came in, so I bought like 10 N64 games. And now you can never say that the Collector's Quest podcast hates N64. Well, Johnny has all of them, so whatever. But I... What were we talking We were like, we did that game draft, and that, that freaked me out because I was looking at like basically a pile of my favorite games... And I didn't have some of them complete. And Majora's Mask was one of them I didn't have complete. And I'm like, I really need to go get that. Uh, and then I found a guy who had a real nice copy. And I had eBay bucks. And I, it was like so nice that I went and looked at all his other listings. And I'm like, oh, god damn it. And he had like just listed like all these N64 games. So I got F-Zero X, Mario Tennis, Wave Race, Majora's Mask, Mario Golf, GoldenEye, Conker's Bad for a Day, Jet Force Gemini, and Diddy Kong Racing. And a uh, big old stack of games. Yeah, you that's bought N64 about- games. That's the thing about eBay bucks is that it's you never just spend your eBay bucks. It's oh, I have this like ninety dollars, so I'm gonna go spend five hundred. That I, I don't do that. You know, guys, I didn't even spend my eBay bucks on games. You spent your real bucks on games. <laughs> no, I didn't buy any games. Did you not spend your eBay bucks yet? No, they're gone. All hundred and forty six of my eBay dollars are gone, and that that was. By leveraging promos, I didn't just—I wasn't a madman just earning eBay bucks outside of promos. Just so everyone knows. Did we mention that on the show that Stefan earned like ninety dollars in eBay bucks, but it wasn't during ten percent promos? I don't yeah. know. What, I don't know what you're talking about. That—that's. <sighs> yeah, you're a madman. That's not something. I don't did you buy Johnny's Genesis collection? What, did, was that on eBay? I thought that was a private transaction. <laughs> wow! Wow! What are you talking Wait, about? What? I'll beep that Weird. out. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which It'll be by fun the way, just a weird thing f- that we've never mentioned on the show. That you know, we're just going to keep nope, our listeners ar- guessing about something. It's every already week beeped. Now. Yep, I was I was listening to the last podcast on the way here tonight while I was driving, and when you beeped me at the end, I almost lost control of my vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah, I've actually had questions about that beeping, but we're not ready to, to uh, unbeep that. I'm not going to unring that bell just yet. Uh, so what did I buy? I might as well tell you. I didn't buy any games, guys. Just kidding. I bought some Halloween games. You'll see them in my Instagram feed later. I don't want to say which ones they are. Oh, <laughs> that's it. Great podcast, Johnny. Sorry, boring. But it's that time. It's a special time of year. Uh, I But I did not use my eBay bucks. If you must know, I bought my wife a Christmas present that she wants. So I was like, oh, I don't want to spend this much money on pops because I hate them. Uh, so what I did is I took those eBay bucks and begrudgingly said, fine, take my fake money and buy this. So that way I didn't spend my real money on it. I've never seen Johnny as surly as I've seen him when I've been with him buying pops for his wife. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I, that I, sounds horrible. I don't <laughs> like pops. Unfortunately, look, I love Harry Potter. I love my wife. My wife also loves Harry Potter. And they have like these uh, like 116th figures, which I know no one on this podcast gives a shit about. But let me tell you, they're only okay. They're like, and the series is like, it's not great. But the pop line has a robust lineup of characters. And my wife's like, I want to collect these. And fortunately, most of them are like $10. So when I buy a. But that's the you know, trap. Lar- I know it's <laughs> right? a trap. Yes. But when I buy a large quantity of video games, right? I'm like, oh, I got this stack of video games in the mail. And uh, my wife's like, I would like a pop or two, I guess. And I'm like, yeah, I should just go. I mean, don't be an asshole. Go buy, go buy those ladies some pops. So I've been much more conscious when I go spend a bunch of money on games. I also try and buy her some pops. I've set her up with a list because that's how I am. I made a list and I update it with all the exclusives, where they're from. If you guys need a Funko pop list for Harry Potter that's up to date and in Excel, I'm your guy. I can give that to you. The only person it's shared with right now is my wife, so she can track her collection. There you go. That's to be clear, Johnny, she is not a hype beast. And I apologize to anyone who is a hype beast, or if that is not even a thing you can be, because I don't really know what that term means. But she doesn't like go, I need I need the Comic Con exclusive silver line out. Like she just wants like some Harry Potter ones. Yeah, she's like, Oh, I like these. So uh she's like, I guess I would just like one of each character, or I like both of these ones. That would be cool. She she was like uh the newt one, which is Fantastic Beast. She's like, Oh, I like the one with the suitcase. And I was like, uh that was like a New York Comic Con one. I think that's like seventy dollars. I don't want to spend seventy dollars on a pop. And um, Oh my god, you did. I didn't. Okay, good. I well, I did. I spent more than that on on three pops, but not that one. A new Newt came out, which was a Barnes and Noble exclusive of Newt stepping out of the suitcase, and my wife thought that one was better, so that's the version she accepted. So she only wants an exclusive if she thinks that one is particularly cool. She doesn't want it because it's exclusive. She does not care about the exclusivity to her. It would make no mind to her if they were all on a shelf. She'd just be like. I like this one the best. I'll take that. So wait, she's not investing in these then. I don't understand. She's just buying no, the ones she here, wants. I don't understand the concept. Do you want to you want to hear something <laughs> super cringy and I've encouraged her to do this? I'm like, "Yeah, take it out of the box. Now throw that box away." That yeah, that sounds great. Enjoy your freaking action figures, dude. Yeah. So we we throw those boxes away. I've kept like three of them cuz I'm like, mm, "These ones were kind of expensive. Maybe I should keep the box for these couple, but all the other ones, all the common ones. It's great, too, because I'm like, oh, she wants this one? Ding box on eBay makes that one $15 less? Yes, please, because there's like a Bug Art Snape version, and it's like $30 or whatever. But I found like a, a $20 copy because the box was kind of crushed. I was like, yeah, please give me that one. Who cares about that box? Put it in the garbage. Yeah, no offense to any of our, our loving Funko Pop collectors, but people who collect Funko Pops in box and they have like hundreds or thousands of them, you look like crazy people. Like way crazier than video game people. Just a, like it looks like a store display. It's it's nuts. Out of box, um, I yeah. think they actually look cool. Yeah, shit load of them. Because because our game rooms don't look like store displays. No, Tyler. this well not me. All my shit's all loose. <laughs> <laughs> mine looks like a store display. No, because yeah, you got the spines facing out. Come on, it looks like a video rental store at best. I I, yeah, okay. I literally have a sign that says "Thank you for shopping at Blockbuster" oh. in this room. So, 
Yeah. <laughs> Stefan's looks like a, a could be a video game store if you walked in. Stefan, speaking of all the cool stuff in your room, uh, just because I know one day you're going to come across it and you're going to be the one to find it. If you ever find those uh, little slips that you get from Toys R Us and you find like a box of them, I need to get one of those. All right. Yeah. All right. I saw a couple, like on social, I've kind of seen those, you know, as Toys R Us were being dismantled, people were finding them like behind oh, really? displays and stuff. Yeah. Oh. So they may, if you look around. I should check like, eBay. I didn't even think yeah, that those or were even, unearthed. Or even like snoop around on Instagram, you might be able to find them. Although now our audience is now going to. Find They're like, them. everyone's like, oh yeah, that would be really cool to have in my game room. But like, so I don't Before I've you post this, go look for them. <laughs> so, gentlemen, I'm going to move us on because Stefan has not told us what he's bought. You know, I have been focused on. So, and, buttons, and, and buttons? being. No, and being part of this podcast actually sort of spurred this. Whoa, whoa, on. whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> frequently appearing on this podcast has spurred this on. I wanted to be able to podcast and slash live stream from my game room or my living room without having to hulk around a bunch of equipment. So all my recent purchases have actually been like audio video hardware to get uh, the game room up to up to speed on my ability to record. So most of my purchases have been like an Elgato capture device and cabling and SCART stuff and webcams and things that I needed to essentially duplicate, things that I already owned but I needed to duplicate in uh, in another in another space. So finally as of really tonight or this at least this last week, uh, I've gotten the game room to a point where I'm happy with it as far as being able to jump back and forth for recording purposes. So that's been awesome. Nice. And we, we do appreciate that. And your audio is much improved. Well, thank you. Oh, uh, and I do. <laughs> Tyler got on me for, for last podcast because um, I didn't have a pop filter. So uh, it's because it broke. The arm of my pop filter gave up and it wouldn't stay erect. And uh, oh, so you got a soft pop filter. I did, yeah. So <laughs> I, I I replaced that pop filter. So now I can say that that it never happens to me again. So just this uh, one time, guys. I swear. That's right. It was just. It was just Why didn't you time, just go so. to the collector's quest office and take one out of the bin? We've got all that audio stuff there. This we is a professional outfit. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know our our advertisers and our sponsors kicked down. So yeah, of course. I'm sure you got that new pop filter so fast with Amazon Prime. Speaking of our of our sponsors, uh, I got did get the notification that my Mega Man X is on its way, so I'm, I'm real real excited about that. Special sponsors of the show, I am Eight Bit, where you can still find copies of Mega Man X and Mega Man Two, the collector's edition. Oh, <laughs> uh, I wanted to sell out. I want to get the next one of those. So I'm hype. Whatever NES, give it to me, man. Hundred dollars, I don't care. I'm sorry, Johnny. What have you been playing, Stefan? Okay. Or what else are you buying? I've been playing some more Dragon Quest Eleven, And actually, something that you mentioned earlier, Tyler, really bothers me about Dragon Quest Eleven, And that is the numerous, numerous doors that do not open. In 2018, are we still making games that have doors that don't open? Like, I feel like that's such, like, a carnal game design sin for me that uh, I, it's, it's, like, incredibly distracting. Like, every single town you go to in this game has at least a half dozen doors that look like they should open and don't. Like, there's full building geometry. Like, these are just set pieces that you cannot interact with, even though it totally looks like you should be able to. There's my there's my off topic rant rant of the uh, of the podcast. Can you walk up to them and it like does it say like it's locked or it just doesn't yeah, do no. anything? And they use the no, just does nothing. And they use the exact same texture as the doors that open. Oh, like there man. is no difference between the ones that open and don't. Man, nothing gets me hyped like coming to a new town. I'm like, I just want to see what's in every building in every room, and this will be like, no, only the important ones. Well, and especially something with like Dragon Quest, where that's sort of built into the the game. Like every pot or every you know closet that you open or smash has something in it, and so yeah, you check everything as a matter of course for this game series. And there's just so many doors that do not open; it just drives me crazy. So there's the review from Stefan Reese. We got a uh, two out of ten. Dragon Quest Eleven, not recommending it. <laughs> 
It definitely that, didn't get an 11 out of 10. That should have been my trick. Was that, was that supposed to be a joke, Halloween. Johnny? I don't even know. Uh, no, it's, it's uh, well, yes, but it's poor. And I want you to know, I had a listener write in after the podcast and tell me very specifically, they enjoy every time I change your name. <laughs> <laughs> they said they look forward to it each podcast. So, that's, uh, no, that's they didn't say, they didn't go up. that far. They did not say that, but uh, they did say they enjoyed when I mess with your name, Tyler. Speaking of things, speaking of things I don't enjoy, by the way, before this podcast, Tyler told me that I say um a lot, and I've been so obsessed with it now that I've been tripping over myself. So you made it worse, Tyler. So fuck I, you. It sounds better to me. I mean, I could whatever. <laughs> I could edit out you tripping over yourself, editing out those ums is torture. <laughs> you should cut that part. You never, never let him off the hook, Tyler. All right. <laughs> I'll just start bipping random stuff in every episode, and then people get so, real freaked uh, out. <laughs> Tyler, did you tell us what you were playing? Has your hand I, healed enough to to play? I, you know, I my hand is still healing. I'm like ninety percent there, and I haven't played Path of Exile for like a week. And honestly, my life has like improved significantly. So I've not played Path of Exile. Um, I played a a month appropriate game. What is season appropriate? Game? That's a better way of saying it. Uh, Doki Doki Literature Club. Ooh, what's uh, that? It's like a it's a visual novel kind of meta horror game where it, it starts off in the very beginning. It's like a cutesy, very generic. You, you're like a high school guy going to school and talking to these four girls that all have like these different stereotypical traits. And then like uh, a third of the way into the game, uh, I won't give too many spoilers, but uh, one of them dies a horrible death, and then the rest of the game. It gets like all glitchy and messed up, and I, I can't spoil too much of it. But uh, it's a very good game, and it's kind of it was a craze like a year ago, and I finally just got around to it. And I will, I will say I had a lot of fun with it, and I was genuinely scared. It was like it was like the tensest part of a horror movie, but because the gimmick of the game is that the game glitches and something could be strange at any time, but most of the time things are okay. It kind of kept me on edge for like two and a half straight hours. Kind of like Eternal Darkness. Uh, but I mean, of? not to that to that level, but where they would, like, things would mess up and that would kind of throw you off. Like, your TV would shut off. So a but, character in the game is actively, like, turning the game against you, and Eternal Darkness was, like, kind of questioning your sanity. This is very, very yeah, much yeah. more fourth wall breaking even than Eternal Darkness. Interesting. And what system is this for? Uh, it's a free game on PC. Johnny, you're probably the only person who hasn't heard of this because this was like this is like uh, Undertale. It has like the same kind of super cult following that kind of hypes it up to more than it is. Oh, man! Uh, Undertale is a game I keep meaning to buy for the Switch, and I have not. Johnny, you haven't played oh, well. Undertale? It's the new Earthbound, haven't you heard? I, you know, that's so rare that it's got special editions <laughs> for four different consoles. Uh, special editions look kind of nice. They but do Pat- look nice. I like the little heart and everything. They look nice. It's just, do I want another special edition of that? Actually, I didn't. I didn't buy the special edition the first time around. I didn't. When I was, was for the Switch, or not for the Switch for the Vita. But Path of Exile, two out of ten. It ruins your hand and your life. Path of Exile does ruin your life. It's the <laughs> best way to ruin just, your life. I just yeah. love that. They. I stopped playing, and my life got significantly better. <laughs> I mean, two it's like people with WoW. Like, no one who play plays WoW is going to be like, no, WoW is a terrible game. They're going to be like, WoW is, WoW ruins my life. But boy, do I like grinding that those raids. Yeah, that's why I always say WoW is a great game. Never ever play it. Yeah. All right. Uh, anyone else? I don't. I did not play anything. I worked. I worked and worked oh. and worked all week. Sorry. I and then the, what I did when I had time to play anything, I played Magic: The Gathering because uh, you know because nerd. That's that's all. Uh, you playing limited? Uh, yeah, I was playing some Limited and playing some MTGO, so Limited and Constructed on there. Did you get to play New with? standard, guys. It's exciting, exciting times. I've never been as checked out as I am right now. <laughs> yeah, you and all of our audience. <laughs> all right, on that note, guys, where can we find you on Instagram and other places? Tyler? Default Gen, D-E-F-A-U-L-T-G-E-N. That's default gen, default J E N. And uh, <laughs> uh, Stefan? 
uh, mostly on Instagram, sometimes on YouTube. Uh, Archon 1981, A R C H O N 1981. That's Archon Turtle. Archon underscore T U R T L E. The difference there, though, is that nobody gets that. Like, if they haven't followed me for like a year. Who is this guy? Why is he on the show like four shows in a row? What the fuck? And now you can find me still on Instagram. I'm Johnny underscore Iucci. That's J-O-H-N-N-Y underscore I-U-C-C-I. And that's all no, we see, look, interrupt but, him. Stop. See, he but, always but Johnny, has to go to and can't respond to that and be like, it's John Lucci. John underscore Lucci. <laughs> but Johnny, where else will they be able to find all three of us in the in the very... But Johnny, where else can they find us all in the near future? Oh, good point. Uh, we're all going to be at Portland. Guys, we're going to be at PRGE. We're going to be there. Is it PRGE or PGRE? I mess it up each and every time. Portland Retro Gaming Expo. Yeah, we're going to be in Portland. We're going to be... We got a table in the swap area. um, Where we will never, ever be. We will be there (laughs) some of the time. And friends of the show, like Red the Game Shark, will be there. And he's got an area. And J-Rob, he's got a booth. And I wanted to shout them out. But we're going to have a lot of fun. And if you guys are also on Instagram and going to be there, you should come up and find us. Because we're all hanging out. Right, guys? Right? As long as there's no pinball tournament that drags me away. Okay, well, there's no pinball tournament. Oh. Uh, I don't, actually, I don't know that. I'm just saying that. Anyways, come and check us out and check out all friends of the shows, including Gamer's Life Booth. It's like J-Rob and Syphic. Those guys have great deals, and Red's got all of your imports, so, you know, find them as well. Red takes all of my money. Like, I cannot hang out with him without giving him all of my money. He probably is very nice to you, then. Yep. And All just right. to save everyone a Google search, that is October 19th through 21st, I think, in case you're in the area and you're like, oh, maybe I should Google that one day. Now you know, it's real soon, 19th to 21st. Yeah, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, but Friday is just the preview part. Saturday is when we will be in our area and walk around the show for. but please find us. There's going to be so many people there. Uh, I'm so excited to see everyone and, uh, you know, fight for you, uh, fight with you guys for deals. Because I know we're all going to be competing for all the deals. I've only got a carry-on, so I'm not going to get that many deals. I'm super excited to see Tyler for the first time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've never met you guys. Yeah. 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 You forget. I'm going to man-hug you. It's going to be real weird. But what, what other kind of hug would you give me? <laughs> It'd be weirder if you gave Sister- me a boy hug. I don't know what that would be. Uh, like like a sisterly hug or hug you in a husbandly way? Or like an awkward side hug? <laughs> okay, uh, that'll be worse. <laughs> yeah. Hey, pal, I've side. never met before. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, yeah, no. I'm gonna. Fine. You want a weird hug? I'm gonna hug you in a husbandly way. That's fine, Johnny. You I'm. I'm down with all sorts jeans of hugs. on. All right. Cool. Well. Well, I'll try that. I'm not known for my hugging. That's not a thing I'm known for. I'm known for the exact opposite, the non-hugging. But it's weird because I look so cuddly. Everyone's like, "He's a fat guy. He looks nope, nope. Look at the face. He's not a hugger." Resting bitch face. Yep. Pretty much. That's that's true. It hurts. (laughs) Anyways, that's all we got time for. So, bye!